Well, today we're continuing our series on the Holy Spirit entitled The Third Person because we believe, based on Scripture, that the Holy Spirit is the third person of God. In fact, just as a quick recap, we believe as a church that God is one. We only have one God, but he is revealed in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. And the three of them work together as God, as one unit. They are all divine, all co-equal, and all co-eternal. That means that all of them are God, they're all equal in power and authority, and they've always existed for all of eternity. In fact, if you're here and you want to learn more about who the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I invite you to find the first message in this series where we take a deep dive into who God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit is, and you'll learn a little bit more about who they are and how they operate. But today we're gonna focus specifically on how the Holy Spirit works on the inside. For you see, the Holy Spirit, he seeks to work on the inside of our lives. He is a deep work specialist. He wants to come into our life and change us from the inside out. But we must be willing to invite him in. Many of us were comfortable with God the Father and God the Son, but we're a little reluctant about the Holy Spirit. Well, in this series, as we continue it, I want to share with you more about who the Holy Spirit is. Because if you get comfortable with who he is, he can then move in your life in a powerful way. One of the ways that the, the, the Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit, the way he works in us is he comes inside and he begins to move. We look at Genesis chapter one, verse three, we see that the Holy Spirit hovered over the deep waters. One scholar said this is that when the Holy Spirit hovered over the deep waters, it created waves of light and waves of energy. For you see, we know that God, the Holy Spirit has power, power to change our lives and our future. And I'm here to remind us that the power that brought all of creation to life is the same power that's available to each one of us through the Holy Spirit. And often what will happen is when we're in an altar moment, when we're in his presence, we'll begin to feel vibration on the inside. If you begin to feel that in a service, maybe you felt it in worship just a moment ago, maybe in an altar moment we're about to have, maybe you, you'll feel some of the vibration of the Holy Spirit. I want to reassure you that no one's creating that. That's the Holy Spirit seeking to move in your life. So when you feel it, don't pull away. Lean into it. Because that tells the Holy Spirit that you are open and willing to him moving. Today, I want to lean in and give you some thoughts that will help us understand who the Holy Spirit is. One idea that helps me understand the Holy Spirit is to think of the Holy Spirit as spiritual oxygen. Spiritual oxygen. Doctors tell us that we can go weeks without food. Now, I know some of you, you feel like you can't go one meal without food. But your scale says otherwise. You can go a couple weeks without food. They also go on to say that we can't live more than a couple days without water. But we also know practically that we can't live more than a couple minutes without oxygen. If we don't have oxygen, we don't live. In the same way, in the same way, we need the Holy Spirit, who is spiritual oxygen, to breathe life into our spiritual person. 
We need him to breathe life into us. And I think many of us, if we're really honest, we're out of breath because we only take one spiritual breath a week. Whenever we come to service is the only moment we experience the presence and the power of God. And so we're walking through life struggling to catch our breath because we only do it once a week. I wanna encourage you, whether it's listening through worship or seeking God through his word, you can take spiritual breaths all day, every day, every moment of your life. We look at the word of God, what we see is there's consistency with this idea of the Holy Spirit being the breath of life. For you see, in the Old Testament, there's a word called ruach, which is a Hebrew word. And then in the New Testament, there's a word called pneuma, which is a Greek word. And both of those words mean breath. They both mean breath. And the writers of both the Old Testament and the New Testament are helping us understand that the Holy Spirit is the breath of life. And I believe he wants to breathe on us and over us to help us move forward. Now, if you remember, if you remember, I think many of us, we can recognize the word pneuma because all, I think all of us have heard of a, a, an illness called pneumonia. It comes from this Greek word pneuma. And I believe that some of us, we have spiritual pneumonia. We have spiritual pneumonia. What are the characteristics of spiritual pneumonia? The characteristics of spiritual pneumonia is you're constantly out of breath spiritually. You can't seem to get ahead. You have more to do than time to do it. You're frustrated, you're irritated, you snap at the kids, you're frustrated with your spouse. You can't seem to get enough done at work. So you stay up late because you're anxious and worried and the cycle continues on and on and on and on. Often what happens when we have pneumonia in our physical being, our body gets hypoxic. That means a decrease in oxygenation in the blood and into the body. I believe that God wants to relieve us and breathe life into us so we don't have spiritual pneumonia or spiritual hypoxia. He wants us to have all of the spiritual oxygen that the Holy Spirit can provide to us. And this is good news. He wants to breathe life and hope and future into us. In fact, I've titled today's message, A Breath of Fresh Air. I'm going to say it again. A breath of fresh air. The Holy Spirit is a breath of fresh air. I invite you to say it with me. A breath of fresh air. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to breathe in us and help us move forward. So I want to invite you to join me in Romans chapter 8. This is written by a first century follower of Jesus named Paul. In fact, many biblical scholars believe that Romans was the greatest written work of the Apostle Paul. And in this very important chapter, chapter 8, he talks about how the Holy Spirit works within us. He's trying to give us a master class on how the Holy Spirit works on the inside so he can change our future. So I invite you to open up your Bible, your Westover app. Let's look at the word of God together. Verse 5 and following. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about what? Sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about these things that please the Spirit. I want to pause here and just say this. What we think about affects our spiritual life. If we're controlled by our flesh, we're going to think worldly things. But if we're controlled by the Spirit, we're going to think about things that please God. Verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But... 
But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and what? Peace. Say it again. Peace. Then he goes on to say in verse nine, but you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Wow. Then in verse 11, and I love this verse. We're gonna unpack it later on in the message. But for some of us, we need to make this one of our life verses. Look at what it says. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. When we have the presence of God living within us, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us. This is good news. Today, I wanna share with you a couple insights about the Holy Spirit and the way he works within us. Number one, the Holy Spirit is your GPS. Say it with me. The Holy Spirit is your, he's your GPS. Now, GPS is a system that helps us get from here to there, from here to there. Today, we have GPS on our phones. But I wanna remind us, not too long ago, we didn't have GPS. We had these things called maps. Yes, a picture of the state on a piece of paper that was folded up about this small, and then you had to unfold it. And then the real challenge was trying to fold it again. I tried to do it one time, and my parents said, no more. Why? Because I tore the map, and they're like, no, we have to buy another map. But then my parents upgraded. We went from a map to an atlas. Man, the atlas was 2.0. It was so great. Why? Because in one, in one big book, in one big book, we had all 50 states. And it was about the size of an unfolded newspaper. And it was probably about as thick as this Bible. And it was great because it would get us where we needed to go. But my parents always struggled because they didn't know where to put the atlas. It was too big. Do we put it beside me? Do we put it in the back? Oh, no, that's too far away. And then they would say, well, we can't put it by the kid's feet because they'll stomp on it and they'll destroy it. But then, but then GPS was a system you could buy and only a handful of people happened. But the miracle happened when it came on our phones. Some of you Gen Z don't know the struggle. The struggle was real. <laughs> now you're struggling just saying, I don't have Wi-Fi signal, but man, you don't know the struggle of having a map where your destination is right in the crease of the map and it's torn and you don't know where to go. Yeah, that's real, real struggle. Recently, Danae and I, we went on a trip and after picking up the rental, we decided to go to the hotel. We wanted to check in, we wanted to get settled. I don't know about you, but when I get somewhere new, I like to get settled first before I go out and do things. So I typed in the name of the hotel and we were off. The hotel was about 15 minutes away from the airport. <clears throat> we got there and we walked in. We brought our bags in with us and we walked up to the front desk and the front desk attendant said, welcome. Can I have your names, please? We provided our last name and after about 15 seconds of searching, he said, could it be possible that the registration is under a different name? We said, no, we were the ones who made it. No one else made it for us. 
And then he asked a very critical question. He said, what is the physical address on your reservation for the hotel? We gave him the address and then he chuckled. And he said, you're at the wrong hotel. You're at the wrong hotel. There are two hotels within two miles of each other and they have nearly the same name. You typed in the wrong one and you're at the wrong location. So I got this very encouraging look from my wife because <laughs> I was the navigator. And so we walked out to the car and I reloaded the bags back into the vehicle and I sat in the car and I looked at my wife and I said, I'm so sorry, that was my bad. I typed in the name of the hotel and I didn't check the address. Often in life, what happens is many of us, we rely on what we think we know instead of on God's truth. Some of us, what happens is that we trust what we think and feel, not God's truth. Many of us, we think we know the way to get to God's destiny. I want to reassure you that God has provided a map called the Bible, which is the map of life. And if you're ever confused about where you need to go and how to get there, the word of God is available to each one of us. Don't rely on what you think or what you feel. Rely on God's word. It'll always get you to God's destiny. In fact, God wants to position you for his purpose in your life. And the way that he does that is through spiritual GPS, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our God positioning system. He knows how to get us from here to there. He knows where all the potholes are. He knows where all the relational difficulties are. He knows where all the delays are. He knows exactly what you need to do to get where you need to go. Some of you, some of you, you've missed that front parking spot at HEB because God told you to go to the cleaners first and then go to HEB, but you decided to go to HEB first. Some of us were missing out on what God has for us because we're not willing to listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the way he works on the inside of us as our GPS as he speaks to our conscience and he tells our conscience, don't do that, that's a bad idea, that's gonna hurt you and your family. And he's constantly wanting us to move forward. The struggle with God, though, is this, is that he gave us free will, which means we have the power to choose whether we're going to do it our own way or do it God's way. And this is what Paul is talking about in verse 9. He says this, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. He's speaking in faith. You're not controlled anymore by your sinful nature. Instead, you are controlled by the Spirit. And he says this, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. It's not good enough for us to just know about the Holy Spirit. What we need to have is the Holy Spirit living within us. Because if he doesn't dwell within us, he can't speak to us. He wants to live within us. He wants to change us from the inside out. Today, God's giving us a choice through our free will. Are we going to choose God's way or our own? In fact, God speaks about this in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, he says this, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings. And then he ends the verse with this, he says this, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. 
In this verse, he's acknowledging that we have free will. We have the power to choose whether we're going to choose blessing or cursing, life or death. And he's encouraging all of us. He said, oh, that you would choose life and blessing. Because if you do, it'll bless you and the third and the fourth generation. How about you? But I want to make sure that I obey God fully so that the third and fourth generation are blessed. This is why I'm so proud of the men who came to the men's encounter. At the end of the service, nearly every man stepped up to this altar and they worshiped God. Ladies, you'd be so proud of your husbands. Ladies who are engaged to a guy, you'd be so proud of your fiance. They came up and they worshiped God. In fact, in just a moment, we're gonna end with a worship moment and I'm gonna challenge the men. We stepped up on Friday night. I'm inviting us as men to lead the way spiritually. God has given us the privilege of being the spiritual leaders of our home. And sometimes we feel like we're not enough. But here's the good news. It doesn't matter if we're not enough because God is enough. God is enough. And if we allow the Holy Spirit to speak within us, he'll empower us to be the man, the father, and the husband and the businessman God intends for us to be. And so I'm just gonna invite the men, let's step up. And also I just wanna invite, I wanna invite the men who are part of the men's encounter for the next two weekends, as we wrap up this series on the Holy Spirit, I wanna invite you to come up and worship at the front at the very beginning of service, why? Because it communicates to our wives and to our children and our grandchildren that we're willing to pursue God. And I'm not here to chastise you at all, I'm not. I'm just here saying, come, let's worship God together. Let's be renewed and refreshed. The burden of being a man is significant, but you know what? Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. God can help us lift the load. He's here to help us. Some of us, we struggle in our connection with God because too often after getting to the next destination that God has for us, after we've been led by the Holy Spirit, we get to one place and then what we do spiritually is we swipe up to close our GPS with him. We say, I've already arrived. And we fail to realize that God wants to have an unbroken connection with us. He wants us to continue to receive direction from him. In fact, I've seen this time and time again, is that an off and on connection with the Holy Spirit leads to stop and start blessings. If you wanna be blessed continually, keep the GPS connection with God. But some of us, if we're really honest, it's not that we're swiping up, it's that we have God on airplane mode. We can't hear from God because we're disconnected from him. None of us would ever think to have our phone permanently on airplane mode. We wanna get on Wi-Fi, we wanna get connected to the internet. But I believe that God wants us to be more connected to him than we are to the internet. He wants us to be connected so that we can receive his call when he calls us. We can receive the important messages he wants to provide to us through his word, where we can receive critical updates that help us move forward in life. Just like when we have our phone on airplane mode, we have to rely on what's already on the phone. We can't get any new information. 
I found time and time and again is this. God's always speaking, but we're not always listening. We need to allow him to speak to us through his Holy Spirit. We need to let him be our spiritual GPS. Here's the second insight about how the Holy Spirit works on us on the inside. Number two, the Holy Spirit is your missing piece. Not the missing piece of pie. Some of us, we need to let go of the piece of pie. He's our missing piece. And the Holy Spirit wants to provide what's missing in our life. And that's the good news. But the bad news is that the enemy wants to provide what's missing in your life as well. And this is what Paul is talking about in verse six. So letting your sinful nature, which the enemy provides, control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Today, I want to give you a spiritual insight. I want to suggest to you that sometimes what we believe our emotions are actually spiritual states. Emotions are temporary, but spiritual states, they're a little longer lasting. Let me explain. Where are the moms at? All of you remember having an infant baby. Babies have emotions every second of every day. There's one moment where they're smiling and then you look at them a little different and then they start crying. They have up and down and up and down and up and down and they're constantly changing. Those are emotions. We as humans, we also have emotions. We feel happiness when we get that promotion. We feel happiness when we buy that new car. We get happiness when we, when we get the thing that we've been really wanting. We get sad about different things that happen in life. But sometimes what we think are emotions are actually spiritual states. In fact, when we look at Galatians 5, and 23, it talks about the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are not emotions. They are spiritual states. They are spiritual states that God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to cultivate within us. They're more enduring. They inoculate us from the pain and the struggles of life. We need to allow the Holy Spirit in so that he can create the spiritual state within us. I've discovered over time is that Peace is not the absence of problems, it's the presence of God. Peace is not the absence of problems. You're gonna have problems. All of us are gonna have problems. But if we have the peace of God in us, the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He gives us a peace that we can't understand because it comes from the Holy Spirit. As many of you know, I spent nearly a decade as a mental health professional and what I saw is that some people would come into treatment, they were on medication, they were coming to counseling, but they still didn't have a breakthrough. And the reason is, is that sometimes treatment resistant depression, anxiety, and fear are not biochemical imbalances in the brain or body, it's actually the oppression of the enemy. The enemy wants to minister a spiritual state to us and keep us stuck. But here's what the Holy Spirit does. This is our mind. He comes and he covers it and he guards us. Why? Because the enemy wants to shoot arrows at our mind and heart. Remember, I talked about the soul last week. It's a mind, the will, and the emotions. 
When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he protects our mind and our will and our emotions. It protects us. It doesn't matter what storm comes our way. It doesn't matter what problem comes our way. We have peace on the inside. And if we receive the Holy Spirit, he gives us the peace that's missing in our life. And I'm here to challenge us. Let's step into the presence of God so we can receive all the peace that God has for us. My prayer is that this is an encouragement to each one of us. He wants to move in and give us peace in the storm. The third insight about the Holy Spirit and how he works on the inside is simply this. The Holy Spirit breathes new life, say new life, into what's dead. He breathes new life into what's dead. Someone once said this, and I love it. He said this, God doesn't make bad people good. He makes dead people come back to life. He makes dead people come back to life. I'm praying that someday I get to see Jesus raise someone from a physical death to life. I just want to see it. But I celebrate more when God brings people from spiritual death back into spiritual life. I celebrate that more. In fact, that's what heaven celebrates. Heaven celebrates when one person accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Verse 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Paul is saying here, he wants us to get this idea, is that the same power that breathed life into the dead body of Jesus is the same power that wants to breathe life into you. I don't know what dead thing is happening in your life. Maybe you feel like all hope is gone. Maybe you feel like you have a cancer diagnosis that's too far gone. Maybe you feel like your marriage is a disaster and there's no way to recover it. I'm here to tell you under the authority of scripture is that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same, is the same power that can raise you back to life. This is his message to all of us. He wants to move within us. Are you willing? Are you open to let him breathe life over you? As I close, I want to invite you to stand. I want to invite you to stand. And I'm going to encourage you right now to just set your heart. We're about to step into a worship moment. And we're gonna invite you to come up to the altar. You may be wondering, what is an altar? In ancient times, an altar was a place where people would meet the presence of God, where they would make a sacrifice to God and God's presence would show up. And that's why we call this place here at the front an altar. And I believe that the Holy Spirit's about to move. I believe he's about to move. But I also know that the only way we can experience the power of God is if we're willing to say yes to Jesus and acknowledge him as the Lord and Savior of our life. And I wanna give you that opportunity today to say yes to Jesus. So here's what I wanna invite us to do. I wanna invite us to close our eyes and bow our heads. Here at Westover, we believe that saying yes to Jesus is as clear as ABC. A, it's admitting that we need Jesus. 
B, believing in our heart that his death was enough to pay the debt of sin that keeps us separated from God. And C, confessing from our heart with our mouth out loud that we want him to be in charge of our life. So I'm gonna invite all of us to say this prayer together. You're not joining this church. You're just saying yes to Jesus. Why don't you say a prayer? But before I do, I just wanna invite you. If, if you're at a place where you need to say yes to Jesus on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Yes, 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 yes. Jesus sees you. And now in faith, I invite you to say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I can't do my life without you. I want you to be in charge of my life. I also believe that you died to pay for my sins. Thank you for forgiving me. Today I put you in charge of my life. And I ask you, God, help me tear down anything that gets in the way of you. And now I'm open to your Holy Spirit. I want you to breathe over me, Holy Spirit. I want you to give me new life and a hope and a future. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just said that prayer for the first time, congratulations, welcome to the family of God. I invite you to text New Life to the number on the screen. At the end, our prayer team's gonna be available. It's gonna be available to meet with you and pray with you and encourage you. But as I was preparing for this altar moment, here's what I sense in my heart. There's some of us who have known Jesus for a long time. And I believe the Holy Spirit's challenging us to fan the flame of faith once again. There's people in this house who need to rely on your faith. They need to see you pursue God. And so if you're one of the generals of faith in this house, if you're one of the oaks of faith in this house, if you're someone who's walked decades with the Lord, this moment is also for you. I want you to come up and allow the Holy Spirit to pour out a fresh breath over you. As he does, I believe that what he does in your life is gonna overflow into the lives of other people. But I also know that some of you are brand new to a spirit-filled experience. I wanna invite you to give God a chance to breathe new life over you. I wanna reassure you here as a church, when people come up to the altar and we pray for them, we never push people down. We just invite them to open their heart And as I said before, sometimes what happens in altar moments is the Holy Spirit begins to work deeply within us and we begin to feel a vibration that comes from God himself. So if you're ever in an altar moment and you feel that, we're not manufacturing that. That's the presence of God wanting to move in you. And if you sense that movement in your life, just be willing to say, God, I want you to move more. And so as the worship team comes up to lead us, In worshiping God, our altars are open. Some of our prayer team and our staff are gonna come and just put our hands on you gently to encourage you to receive more of the Holy Spirit. But I'm gonna invite you to raise your hands and close your eyes. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit in. Lord, 
Lord Jesus, we know, we know that you're the one who sends the Holy Spirit. And so Lord, we acknowledge you as Lord and King. You have all authority over all things in our life and in this place. We declare your kingship and your lordship right here, right now. And we also ask God that you would send the Holy Spirit to minister and to pour out a breath of new life over each one of us. God, we can't go a day or a moment without you. And Holy Spirit, we invite you in to move powerfully in our midst, to move in our hearts, to stir within us new dreams, new hope, new future. And so Lord, we worship you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.